I'm Kristen Ivey, and this is How I Create. Welcome to This is How We Create, a show that digs deeper into the creative life of contemporary artists of color. Discover what feeds their creativity and how they've found or are finding their artistic voice. Through these intimate and candid conversations, you'll gain insights into the lives of creative professionals of color that are hard to find anywhere else. Welcome back to This Is How We Create. I am Martine Severn, your host. We are celebrating season two. This is the opener for season two, everyone. And I'm so pleased to have you back. For the first few episodes of season two, we are going to start out talking about a refresh. We're going to start out talking about looking at our lives anew looking at our personal selves, at our homes, looking at everything around us in a different way. We all know that we do not have to wait until the new year to shake things up. And so I'm hoping that in some ways that you will take a lot of really great tips from these episodes that are coming up uh, to help you just shake things up a bit. For the first episode of season two, I'm so happy to welcome Kristen Ivey to the chair. Kristen is a friend. She is a client. I am her client as well. And she's a professional organizer and Kanmari consult. Kristen is an engineer and interior designer by training. She turned to organizing as a way of tidying up her life as well as her clients' lives. Through our time together, Kristen shares tactical tips on how to make small changes in your life today. Her tips helps you reevaluate that not-so-helpful negative narrative that sometimes stops us from developing new habits and doing things that really are to our benefit. And while this conversation is about tidying, please keep an open mind as all of the things that Kristen mentions can be applied directly to your artistic practice and not just to the home. Okay, enjoy the show. Welcome to This Is How We Create. Today, we have Kristen Ivey on the show. Kristen is Chicago's first platinum certified KonMari consultant and founder of For the Love of Tidy. She's dedicated to teaching busy families, professionals, and creative entrepreneurs how to let go of stuff and attract a truly abundant life. Educated in both engineering and interior design, Kristen applies her project management background and innate creativity to transform homes with order and style, all in harmony with the KonMari method. Dedicated to Marie Kondo's mission to inspire the world to choose joy, Kristen helps clients declutter their way to becoming graduates of tidy and masters of life. Welcome to the show, Kristen. Thank you, Martine. I'm so happy to be here. You and I, we worked on tidying my house, and I'm so pleased to have you on the show to chat with our audience about the wonderful powers of having a truly tidy home. I learned so many lessons from you that I still apply, (laughs) like this morning (laughs) when I was folding my clothes and putting them away um, and just organizing my whole house. Our lives have truly change from the the time that we spent together. So I'm so pleased and honored to have you on the show. Oh, that's so good to hear. This is really a method that's all about lasting change. So I love to hear updates from my clients. 
Kristen, you are Chicago's first and preeminent KonMari consultant, but it wasn't always so. Can you give us a little bit of background about yourself and how you came to become a professional organizer? Sure. It was definitely a long and windy road. Back in high school, I had that choice that we all have where you sit down with the counselor and it's like, okay, what are you going to do with the rest of your life? And all I heard was, oh, you're good at math and science, so you could be an engineer. And I was like, okay, that sounds good. So I actually have an undergraduate degree in chemical engineering. When I graduated, I went right into the typical corporate job. I was a government contractor for a major firm. I supported the um, some major government departments, and I did that for 14 years total. But I would say at about the year five mark, I somehow like the light just went out. I just lost inspiration. I lost like this passion I had for what I was doing. I couldn't find service, which was a true core value of mine in what I was doing. So I didn't feel like I was doing something that mattered. A lot of the things that my team would work on, I felt like they would just sit on the shelf and not really get to who they needed to serve. And so I decided to go down another path that was always an interest of mine. Um, I've always enjoyed interior design as well. I kind of did that as a hobby. Um, that was around that time. HGTV was very popular. So I looked into actually getting a master's in that. And four years later, going to grad school at night, I had a master's degree in interior design and continued to work that corporate job. But then it was very hard for me to make that leap in being at a mid-level management project manager in this firm to being an entry-level interior designer. So I volunteered for five more years in interior design almost uh, in a way just trying to find my next move, but also uh, kind of procrastinating from making you know a big leap or a career change. And I still couldn't find my way. So I gave myself a hard deadline. I took an adulting break. I ended up moving into my parents' home for a year to take a break financially, really figure out what my next career step would be. And then at the end of that adulting year, that's when I ran into this whole information about the life-changing magic of tidying up Marie Kondo's bestseller. I read it from cover to cover and immediately started to put my own home in order. And then the rest was history from there. It's so nice to hear that the book had a huge impact on you and obviously me as well. And I remember the book, I listened to the audio version. We were living in London at the time and I remember going on a job, traveling, um, using the tube and listening to that book and walking down the streets of London and thinking, gosh, I'm going to go home and I'm going to completely redo my house. But it's one thing to think about going in and redoing your house and tidying your house and then to turn it into a career. Can you tell me a little bit about how you made that jump? Definitely. Well, when I was tidying my home based on the information uh, that I was provided in the book, I was like, oh, this is no big deal for me. I'm, I was always creative. I always had respect for order, a sense of order, beauty and affinity for putting things in order. So it wasn't a big leap for me to be reading a book on organization. Uh, but it was a big leap to have a mindset shift. And that happened at when I 
ended up looking at all of my clothing, putting away my favorites, and then having $300 worth of clothes left that still had tags on them and six bags of clothes ready for donation. Usually I would just say, oh, oh, this is my annual purge. I had celebrated letting go of things every year. Purging was pretty natural for me and just thought that was how you organized. People would compliment me on that all the time. My friends still talk about things that they have that I have given them because of all of this shopping I was doing and all of this decluttering I was doing every single year. But when I saw those clothes with the tags, that's when the whole point of the Kamari method really clicked for me. That was more of just this. It was it was less of just doing this whole like routine around decluttering year after year and it always being a thing. It was an event to have you stop and ask yourself why. And I asked myself, why in the world do am I doing this every year? Why do I have so much to let go of every single year? Uh, what is the lesson here? What could I learn from this experience? So that's when I transitioned to continue down the line. Um, and down the line, I mean more clutter cl categories other than clothing. So I took a look at my uh, books. I even found a book called How to Become a Professional Organizer because it was an interest of mine, I guess, about 10 years ago. The book still had cellophane on it. Uh, so it had collected dust, but I was like, oh, this is a clue. And then by the time I got to my miscellaneous items, that's when I text my friend and I was like, you know what, this is what I want to do. If Marie Kondo ever has a training, I'm going to be the first one. And at the time, she only had training to become a certified Kanmari consultant that was only offered in Japan. So I had to wait until that was offered in the United States, which came like a couple months later. And I uh, went all the way to San Francisco and was a part of the second training that she ever offered. So I was certified to practice the method. And then we all opened up our independent businesses from there. It's so interesting and fun to hear that being a professional organizer was always on your mind. The fact that you had purchased the book way long ago and you, you came upon it while you were doing your tidying. You, you went to California, you became certified, and then you came back and that's when you opened shop. But how long has it been now since you've become a, a professional organizer? Yeah, it's been quite a while. I was trying to figure that out myself uh, this year, but uh, 2016 was when I took the training and I became certified, uh, I think at the top of 2017, I definitely opened my business at the time as well. So I'm going to celebrate my five-year anniversary at the top of next year. Congratulations. Thanks, Martine. It must be so interesting for you because I'm I'm loving talking with you and I always love talking with you because you have so much information in terms of what people do, what people's homes look like, and some of the things that they hold back. But not only that, you had your podcast, the Spark Joy podcast for three years. And so you've not only been able to go to people's homes and see um, how, what they struggle with, but you also, through the podcast, have people come in and talk about what happened once they went through the process. Is there anything that you've gleaned from, um, from observing folks and how they treat their space? Definitely. I feel like there's so many common themes that uh, tend to pop up with my clients. Sometimes it's really specific, like, gosh, I see a lot of people 
holding on to this specific thing. Sometimes it's more of a, a narrative that shows up. I often have conversations with my clients about how this is an opportunity to have a radical self-care moment, an event that will not only help you get your socks in the drawer, but also help you change the way you move forward with how you think about how you consume and how things serve and support your life that are uh the way that your home is set up and and that includes your business and your creative pursuits and passions. So many people come to me and they are really, really have this story that is so negative about what has been for them when it comes to organization. I've always been this way, or I see my children starting to pick up on some of the things that I used to do and what I used to, to, or tend to hold on to. They do that too. Or I'll never be able to get organized. Uh, This has been so hard for me. And that is where I like to start with my clients. And then we think towards the future. And the first step is always for them to tell me their vision. So that's where I get really excited. And when I talk about values and vision and what people are passionate about beyond the clutter, I hear things like uh, integrity is important to me, giving back, service, honesty, authenticity. It's always these outward things or things that we instinctually think are uh, we do for others, like giving to others, serving others, or being honest with others. So I like to make sure to turn all those things back towards my clients when we're working together to remember that the process of discernment, the process of identifying the significance of these things and these choices you're making about thousands of things in your home is a practice in honesty as well. And it's about being honest with yourself, self-awareness, self-care, self-assessment, all of those good things. I felt quite raw when I went through the process with you Mm -hmm. because I I think I had some of those same um, thoughts about myself that I am not naturally a neat person. But I want to to be better and I want to make sure that my my space reflects how I want to live and how I want to be and how I want to show up in the world. It's so interesting to hear that so many people have common stories that they tell themselves about how they are and who they are and how they show up. Yeah. And it's amazing when I hear back from them and they say, oh, wow, I'm always the one who is being told to pick up something. And now I see, you know, the candy wrapper on the counter or the sock in the bedroom and it bothers me now, or it's, it maybe bothers is the wrong word, but it's like, I I'm the one who's like, Oh, I should pick that up or, or they're having an influence on others in the home as well. So it's just, it's so interesting that there's always a chance to change that narrative. I guess that's what I want to make sure everyone understands that even if your parents were one way or, you uh, habitually have been operating in in some way. There's always space and time and practice to change the narrative because this practice of decluttering and organizing, it is a learned skill. It is a life skill. And so uh, it's not one that's taught in institutions typically. There's no, you know, home economics class on organizing. I wish there was. (laughs) Um, But it is something that you can learn and it's not something that we just should naturally know how to do. It's a skill we can always refine. 
it was so nice for me to use a lot of the skills that I learned from you in terms of organizing my space to organize my studio and to set up um, a really great workflow. Can you share with us how some of our listeners who are artists, who create in one fashion or another, could use the KonMari method to tidy their own personal space, um, whether it is in, in their studio, in their business, or even in, in their own personal life. Do you have some tips that you could share with us? I definitely do. I work almost primarily with creatives. I have attracted that particular type of client and I enjoy working with people who are business owners and creatives and they they know that organization will help them get things done, but they are having trouble translating the information into action. I would say the biggest tip for getting started with organizing a creative space is to take a step back and put your vision first. So simply ask, how would your life change if your home were clutter-free? You can start as high level as that. Just what would be the impact? You can even change it to how would my business change if my home were clutter-free, if you have a home-based business? After you ask that question, you can ask other questions that dig down a little bit deeper, like uh, what do I want more of in my life or what do I want less of in my life? What do I want my ideal day to look like? What do I want my office to look like? What do I want my office to feel like? Which are two different things. So if you're a visual person like me, you probably could make a vision board with really specific details like colors or furniture or shelving, whatever you'd like to do. You could do that on a vision board. Uh, but feel is more word. So do you want it to feel cozy? Do you want it to be clear? Do you want it to have certain characteristics uh, like being super functional? Whatever that is, you step back and you, and you take the time. And this could be anywhere from 20 minutes to an hour to get these details on paper or in pictures and photos or collage. And then after that, you have the groundwork for those moments when you're going to be decluttering where you're going to feel like an ambiguous, basically, right? Because the things that we love, it's really easy to be like, oh, this is staying. I love this. This means so much to me. And the things that are really obvious things that don't serve us, like trash or things that have broken or gotten old, those are going to be really easy decisions in terms of what's leaving. The things that I help people with the most is things in the middle, the questions of someday, or maybe I could use this one day, I'm not sure. So I help people answer the question I don't know, right? Because that's my least favorite statement. Oh, whenever I hear that, I'm just like, okay, let's figure this out. Let's know. Uh, That's what the vision can help you with because you can literally go back to this vision and think, if I keep this 10th box of paper clips, will it work in conjunction with this vision that I literally have constructed for my life? So I help people make sure that the joy is in harmony with the lifestyle that they've described to me in their vision, as well as the space itself that can contain it. Because there's so many boundaries that we're given uh, in order to, to house this joy. So it's very important to lean on the vision whenever you find those things that are like, hmm, I don't know, or oh, I just feel like so-so about For example, my artist friends always have uh, scrap paper or scrap 
parts and fabrics or things that they may use one day for a project. In that case, that's totally okay to keep that around, even if you don't know the exact use yet, but you have to put a boundary around it. If you have so many scraps that they're overflowing multiple drawers and you can't contain other things like your office supplies, you know, or whatever it may be, then that's a problem. So you always have to put a boundary around what you can keep because otherwise the joy will turn into a burden or into chaos or frustration. Oh gosh, that, those are such great words that the cho- that the joy will turn into chaos or a burden. That is so true. Thank you so much for telling us about that, about one, putting uh, your vision first um, and to ask yourself the specific questions of how your life would change if your home or your business are clutter free. And second, to make sure that the joy is in harmony with the vision that you have set for yourself. But I also love the fact that you mentioned to focus on the feeling Mm-hmm. Because sometimes it's easy to just write about like, I want this, I want that, I want that. But then to go back to the feeling, how do you want to feel? I think that's another way to really think about how you want your space to feel. And since we, well, at least be as a photographer, you end up seeing things in general. I always want to see things that will make me feel a certain way as well. But it's nice to start with the feeling first so then you could have the outcome that you, you do want. Yeah, I think that's what really, really matters because we can get so caught up in Instagram and these pictures and videos and Pinterest and things that we see of these offices that typically are staged and aren't even real life offices uh, in most cases, that it's so important to shift our attention to the feelings. Same thing when it comes to organizing. We can get so caught up in what's the latest tool I can get, what's the latest bin or basket, where really the most important thing is let me focus the attention on the decision itself do I want this in the space or not? Then let me figure out how to contain it. So it's important to take a step back and many layers of this process. Can we talk about your podcast? So on your podcast, I always love listening because I feel like your podcast was either I would learn lots of tips that I could, that were were tactical and that I could use in my own home. Or sometimes they were, I remember there was this one episode where you chatted about, I think it was the Myers-Briggs, I forget which um, Mm -hmm. of your guest was there, but they were talking about the Myers-Briggs and personality as it relates to tidying. So I love your podcast. Were there some themes that you saw through the podcast as well? Definitely. We set the intention to create Spark Joy podcast as a show dedicated to the life-changing, transformative power of the Kanmari method specifically. But I remember when I had the discussion with my co-host and we were sitting over drinks trying to figure out if we wanted to leap into this huge project I remember saying, I want to make sure that this is a show that's not just about how to organize, because I know if I was listening to a show just about organizing, I would get bored pretty quickly. So I wanted to make sure to connect the act of organizing to so many other layers of wellness. So we have had on business coaches, we've had on life coaches, we've had on 
folks who specialize in feng shui or realtors, stagers, so many ways that this connects. Uh, we've had someone even talking about how to spark joy in your love life, uh, because that's what I talk about with my clients. Not only how do they want their home to look and feel, but also how do they want to show up in their life. So I'm just so glad that we were able to bring on so many different perspectives. We have 95 listening hours of content on that show. There's over 160 episodes. And so the idea here is that it's super practical. So you listen to it while you tidy. And there is so many things that we uh, learned about our guests every year. So we had highlight shows at the end of each year where, where we specifically talk about how our guests uh, impacted our lives in particular. So I started to uh, track the amount of time, for example, I spend on various things for a whole 168 hours. And that was based on a guest we had, uh, Laura Vanderkam, who came on and talked about how we could Kanmari our time, so to speak, or figure out how we wanted to spark joy in our schedules. So there was so much that I learned from just interviewing so many influencers. We had people on that show that we admired so much over the years, David Allen, Peter Walsh, Gretchen Rubin. We were just so grateful that these folks who I can imagine have very busy schedules were able to take a moment for our little show. I continue to listen back on some of the episodes and apply, you know, everything that we talked about on that show to my day to day and then also share it constantly with my For the Love of Tidy community and my clients as well. I'm a big fan of getting things done myself. Yes. <laughs> David Allen. And oh, by the way, sure. the, secret, uh, the secret trick to organizing is that it's not only a life skill about how to find order and have a place for everything, but it's also a practice in learning how to get things done and how to make really good decisions. So it strengthens those two muscles as well, because a lot of clutter is just unfinished business or decisions that have been left unmade. So if you are someone who is like has a very long to do list, sometimes I literally declutter with a client and there won't be a question of does this spark joy or does it not? It's like, oh, I have to mend that, fix that, ship that, send that, relocate that. And we just uh, walk through the to-do list. And that's a big lesson as well. That's fine because there is, um, I need to go to the post office, but first there's <laughs> this package that I have to, I have to wrap this present and then I have to write a, a, a note and then I have to get stamps and then I have to go to the post mm -hmm. office. I have to stay in line. I have to find parking. Ugh. Um, I've been putting it off, but now that you mentioned it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The fastest way to declutter is to just do the thing, right? So that was oh, why man. we had David Allen on to talk about getting things done and uh, just, you know, I've been practicing myself in my home. Just if something takes less than two minutes, I do it as soon as I see it. That alone will help you get a lot of things off your list. Mm. I think I'll have to revisit that episode. <laughs> so I'm going to switch and talk about your TED Talk. <laughs> <laughs> I was so pleased. I love listening to your TED Talk. And we'll certainly put... Um, that talk in the show notes so that folks can take a look. Can you 
talk to me about your decision and just how you came up with the topic and why you decided to take the leap because you were very you were very open in your talk. I was. Oh, there's so much behind that talk, but I will just give you the high level. I, I mean, it has been on my bucket list for years to do a TED talk. I respect the TED brand so much. And again, I'm such a visual person that I could so, I learned so much from just a 20 minute TED talk rather than reading a book, um, which usually I lose my focus and attention when I do that. So I love documentaries and talks and things. So I was like, one day I want to do TED. And so I actually had submitted an idea to, I think, TED Chicago a couple years ago. And I got to like the second round, but I didn't get chosen. And so I kind of put the idea of doing a talk away for a while. But then I it just came up again. I was like, I think I'm ready now. I have a mentor, Saya Hillman, who has also uh, done a TED. I had a consult with her. We talked through my ideas, which, I mean, just to get the idea, I think I listened to about 15 TED Talks, like just from professional organizers, because I wanted to make sure that I didn't do something that overlapped with what was already done. So that was, you know, hours of listening. And then I wrote down so many ideas things that come up, themes with my clients. I was going really deep. I just like put it all on a whiteboard. I finally came to this theme of confrontation and, and awareness, which sounds strange. Like, what does that have to do with organizing? Well, the act of decluttering and organizing and choosing what you're surrounding yourself with in your home is all about self-awareness. And as I mentioned, this is a radical self-care practice. And that's the part of this uh, type of organizing that I absolutely love. So Kanmari is all about having those moments that are so helpful when you say, oh, I haven't seen that in a while. I thought I lost that. Or, oh, wow, this has not uh, stood the test of time. Maybe I like, need to get a better quality one in the future. Or, oh, wow, I have so many pens. I don't need to buy any more. When my clients have those moments, that's all about awareness, getting um, confronting your clutter. So I decided to take that idea into something that was super relatable because I'm writing this at a point where I've been organized for four years. My Kanmari event is far behind me. So I've been doing more advanced uh, does it spark joy type of exercises, looking at my social media intake and changing how much water and tracking how much water I drink every day. I decided to apply Kanmari to my Amazon order history because that was one place I struggle. So in my talk, I get real vulnerable about a lot of mindless shopping. I call myself a recovering mindless shopper that I did uh, in my corporate America days where I was making a six-figure salary and I was able to pay those minimum credit card payments and all of those things and get loans and all of that. And I was just buying whatever I wanted. And I connected that to the fact that I was unhappy and unsettled in my career. So I talk about that journey. And then I talk about 10 years of Amazon purchases that I went through meticulously and uh, all the lessons that I learned from just looking at everything that I purchased over the last 10 years just on one platform uh, in order to promote shopping more mindfully. It's not about shopping 
you know, not shopping at all or even shopping less, just being super sure about uh, what you're purchasing moving forward. So I mix all of that together in 11 minute talk. <laughs> I I could relate. I remember watching it and, I, and thinking that how brave you were for uh, talking about that because there have been several times where, yes, I've... um bought too many things on Amazon as well. So, and not only Amazon, right? Just think about, mm-hmm. I just, as you were chatting, I was thinking about all the shoes I bought that either didn't fit or too small, but I bought them anyway, just for, just because I was, I wanted to feel better. Usually when you buy things to feel better, it doesn't always make you feel better. So yeah, it can be so fleeting. And I definitely talk about, you know, the exact number of debt I'm in. I'll, I won't spoil it for those who are going to check out the talk. Whenever I created that slide, I remember talking to my mentor, Saya, and I was just like, she's just trying to get out of me. What was the scariest thing you could talk about, you know, that you don't share with anybody or, or maybe just like your friends or, you know, and I'm like, oh, my debt number. So I talk about that. And of course, that debt is not only from purchasing Amazon. It's from purchasing, you know, going to restaurants, getting delivery one too many times, going on trips, for sure. There's many things that come with that number, but it also ties to a lot of shopping uh, that I was doing on shoes, definitely as well. For me, that's, that's a big uh, subject that I also feature in the talk. Oh, gosh, I think <laughs> a lot of us can relate to that number. I won't spoil it either. <laughs> Uh, so coming off of that, I'd love to switch and chat a little bit about um, failure. We always talk about the good parts of our lives, and you certainly talked about the good and some of the bad in your, your TED Talk. Can you talk to us a little bit about either um, a failure or at one point or another in your life where things didn't quite turn out how you expected and what are some of the lessons that you might have learned from from that experience sure well i would say something that was definitely a challenge or failure in my life was was how i managed my money in my 30s and i can pin it down to the moment where i chose to pay over time on a credit card bill versus pay balance in full. I remember it was an AMX that I had gotten. I think my parents had to get it for me because I was just starting to build my credit. I was paying it off every month for like the first couple of years that I was working in corporate America. And then that spending started to creep up where I was like, oh, I could just for a couple months just pay this part over time. And that just snowballs. You get so used to it that you don't realize how it's affecting you and how interest is building up and how you're steadily starting to live beyond your means. So I know it sounds pretty basic, but just living beyond my means was just the biggest failure uh, because it was something that seems to be a cloud just, you know, still to this day, it kind of haunts me. Uh, I've done a lot of work, though, uh, since then really embracing the financial independence community, trying to understand my money mindsets, just like you can build narratives about how good or bad you are when it comes to organizing your home. You can also build the same narratives about how your or basically your money story. Uh, So I have done a lot of work to get that story on paper and change the narrative 
I, I can say on the other side, I've definitely tightened my business spending, my personal spending, everything. I, I'm even launching this year a no buy, no a no buy use up challenge to do specifically during quarantine time, just to like tighten things up and just to feel more secure. So uh, I definitely learned a lot from that failure, but it was definitely still very dominant in my life and something I always think about and I'm always conscious of. Well, thank you so much for sharing. We are coming towards the end of our time together, and I'd love to end by asking you a few quick fire questions. Sure. What is your favorite city in the U.S. besides the one you live in? Wow. Okay, so that would be... Washington, D.C., or really the D.C. metro area, which can kind of be one little city in in and of itself or area of the country. So, Kristen, what's one thing we wouldn't know about you by just hearing your voice? Hmm. Okay, so this is such a good one. So I absolutely love everything vintage and yes I am a professional organizer I help people let go and donate things and and I'm a big fan of uh, reduce reuse recycle Uh, my favorite part of this is reduce of course and I love vintage clothing secondhand um, styling And so that's something you may not know. I took a lot of time during quarantine to meticulously go through my closet, things that I wear every day, which are usually the more comfortable things (laughs) like my sweatpants and, you know, comfortable tops, Uh, but also my occasional wear, things that I look forward to wearing more. So uh, I did this by cataloging all of my clothes using a book called Style App. I have been using it so much. I use it almost like you would use Candy Crush, like in those downtime moments in your life. I uh, just make outfits on my phone. So that's something you might not know that I absolutely love uh, vintage clothes, styling. It might not even be secondhand, but it has that vintage type feel. Um, I love that look. I love that look as well. I'm always... Uh, one of my favorite places to go is usually to, you know, Goodwill or Salvation Army. And I've even <laughs> created a list of cities to visit just for vintage shopping. But that's another oh story gosh. another time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much for coming on. We loved hearing from you and hearing more about how we could all just keep our homes and our businesses tidy just so that it could serve our vision what is the best way that we could keep in touch with you Kristen? well i would say all roads lead to for the love of tidy.com and there you can literally schedule a phone call with me or you can connect with me via social media um, you can take a tidy pledge as well and on my website in the middle of the homepage, which will connect you to a newsletter that I send out just twice a month because I like to add value, not clutter to your inbox. So we can connect there um, and also engage uh, with my clients uh, through the Spark Joy Club community, which is an extension of my book, The Tidy Home Joy Journal. Thank you so much, Kristen. I love chatting with you. And thank you for changing my life. I will, I can't believe I folded my clothes. (laughs) Um, I'm proud to fold my clothes. That 
little thing has completely changed my life. Thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. And thank you, Martine. I mean, you are my favorite photographer in all the lands. And so many of my my uh, photos that you'll see on for the love of tidy.com are your photographs that you took of me headshots action shots of me working with my clients i mean they are amazing there's one that is my lucky photo that people always reference all the time when they're looking at the uh, photos of all the consultants on the directory and they're like well yours was just so bright and fun and great and i'm like yep that's the martine magic <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's fun working with you. Thank you, Kristen. Thank you. Bye. Bye.